What's up, guys? Welcome to another exciting edition of Real Estate Podcast, episode 348. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Trails. And I'm here with Adam. And this, I mean, we're doing for real salt scenario. Salt scenario is happening. Dream burn. I mean, it's been two weeks of weird ass movies. Yeah. It fucking was Um, a weird ass movie. (laughs) So, um, so in Salt Burn, did you? There's a scene in this movie. There's a lot of scenes in this movie. (laughs) I know that. (laughs) Let me preface it. But of all of them, one of the goofiest ones, because they're all fucking goofy to their own, you know, in their own weird way. But there's a scene where the dude that main character is obsessing over. He walks in and it, it's like this, the way the camera shot is that you see dude's face in a close up. You see dudes behind him. Yeah. And they never acknowledge it or nothing, but dude is bent over literally shaking his ass at him. And my wife pointed that out. She was like, she was like, do they not realize what type of shot this would be if it, if the camera was set up in any other angle? It'd be like somebody, you know, like, you like what you say? But, I don't I remember mean, that. Let me see if I can nah, find it. <laughs> it's funny as hell, though. But anyhow, it it, it is a goofy scene. Was it one of the when they were at a party or something? I think it was like right when he because they like go dancing and shit. I think so, but it's just this weird shot where dudes just like looking off at you and the viewer, and then dudes behind him, and they don't like just nothing said on just how awkward the pose that the main character's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like he's clearly bent the fuck over, like salt burning him from afar, you know? Yeah, rope burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a couple of uh, sequences where it'll cut to one of the characters and they'll be in a very compromising, you know, you know what I mean? Like a very interesting position, like their body will be positioned interestingly. So here's my question. Was he just really fucked up or does this movie have like a very, very heavy dose of like. Fuck rich people. (laughs) Well, well, I mean, because the ending to me, the ending saved the movie. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is like Bernie, but not funny. And then he's yeah. like, nah, man, fuck all of you. I hate all of you. Yeah, the upper crust. So, so ultimately, he did what he needed to do to get the job done. And got their house. Now it's his. Yeah. Now well, he's the, the upper crust. The guy was definitely... Definitely had some type of mental issues here, uh, for sure. Because, like, whenever they go back to his house, he is not a lower-class citizen by any stretch of the imagination. Like, yeah. if if he lived in the United States, he would be upper-middle class, if not upper-class. You know what I mean? Like, depending on how how things are going at the time. But definitely has some issues, some mental issues with something. He just was obsessed with these people. He was obsessed with this place. Well, remember, um, remember when he? Well, remember the turning point in the movie where he goes from being timid and shy. He drinks the cum water, and then he suddenly got like this breath of badassery in him. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna. He drank the mojo. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Which 
Have you guys ever like dissolved no. an entire bar of soap in your bath at all? Because that's what that water looked like. It was definitely oh, yeah. soapy I mean, water. Yeah. That'll make you shit. Yeah. Um, well, I just think that like, hey, I don't. Well, you know, you know that thing where somebody's like, she's so fine, I drank her bath water. Yeah. This motherfucker did it. Yeah. Well, and there's a couple of layers here because you, like, he had this, like, surface level, like, apprehension, whatever you want to call it. But, like, whenever we see him in the bath, in the bathtub, and then whenever he goes out with his sister and all that kind of stuff, you can kind of see that he's, like, slowly gaining his his comfort, which I get to a degree because when you're around new people, especially several new people, it takes a little bit of time for you to get like a full feel of like what they're about, how they are, what they're offended by, you know, things like that, just to kind of feel them out and whatnot. And so, so in the context of the movie though, what would you say is his obsession to get comfortable there? Was it the place salt burn or was it that guy? It was the place. Yeah, I mean, I he mean, killed the guy. Yeah, he. I mean, I mean he killed everybody. And like, I mean, he, but I, but I mean, he had a full grave fucking come apart. He over fucked his death. that dude's grave, man. Yeah, he Whoa. fucked his grave. Like, here's my thing: if he wasn't crying, I would see it more of like a yeah, fuck you. Yeah, but like he wanted that motherfucker so bad, he was like, my only chance to have you is your grave. Yeah. Well, and, Which is fucking But he had insane, to kill him because he was going to blow the whistle on his ass and get him kicked yeah. out. You know, yeah. lifetime ban from Saltburn. Can't have that. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I didn't really, I didn't necessarily feel that way about it. I feel, because there's several times, there's several instances in the movie where it's like, is this dude going to bang this dead body? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's several, like, at the end with the mom in the, you know, the chick in the bathtub, like the way that he was oh, looking yeah. like, so I think that like, it's that like crisis that he, that internal crisis that he was having. It's like in order to make this thing happen, at least in his brain is he has to eliminate everybody. And the ball started with the, with the guy. Once he had to get rid of the guy, because I think he was going to try to work it in from one of two angles. He was either going to try to hook up with the dude and try to get in that way or hook up with the sister and get in that way. Once the sister thing was thrown out the window and then he had to pivot, the huge wrench that got thrown into it was the, uh, was them going to his house, his, his, mm-hmm. his home or his parents' home. I don't think that he was after the dude at all. I think that he saw the dude as a as a as a way into this world and into this life, and it was just the fact that like the 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 realization of what he had done, coupled with his own mental instability, caused this, these types of weird reactions. Because, like, I mean, it, it it just makes you wonder because. He took a lot of L's for that W. <laughs> like, I mean, but look what he got. I, I yeah. mean, he had a castle. I mean, he, I mean, he got salt burn all right from the <laughs> sisters. Um, I mean, I mean, just a lot of very fucked up circumstances. 
played out in this movie. Well, I think, I mean, I think that like he, I think he had an obsession with that guy and that switched to the place at some point because he was like, I can be myself here. Oh, you're trying to get me away from where I feel the best or whatever. Then I'm just going to take it from all of you. Well, because it started to get because there was another scene that was really good too, and um, I mean it don't necessarily have anything to do with the main character's motives, but like just how, just how much of an I guess his own echo chamber that he pulls the viewer into. But there's that moment where they're all sitting in the dining room after the sons died, and. They're here in the corner, get the body oh, out, you man. know. Oh yeah. And they, they close, close those curtains. Cur- yeah. And yeah. all that shit's just it's just chaos for a split. Dude, how second. weird was that scene? Yeah. That chick pouring that glass overflowing, yeah. like the yeah. father trying to be Amazing. like I think the pie's like, good. I want to hear it. Yeah. But well, what was like, weird was how what the fuck are you still doing here? <laughs> yeah, that that's the thing. How many times did he get asked why he was still there and no one did anything about it? Yeah, those people are just that way, though. Yeah, there's always people around. I mean, they had that one lady there, like. Yeah, I I think that I don't like from my perspective. I don't think he was. I think that he wanted to be him. And the way that the easiest way in his brain to make those that association happen for him to be in that position to be that beloved by so many people to be, you know. That that well known because for the longest time he was just a nobody. Yeah, I think he saw the the place and that status as being his way. Because you got to imagine, which we don't know, but you have to imagine that not very popular in school. Mm -hmm. uh, Probably had a rough time with the ladies. Like you said, no friends. Yeah, and when you go to Saltburn, he could just start over. Yeah, and he he like created a past for himself. Like yeah, and it's like he he recognized that like if he if he's there, he can become this dude instead of like, I don't know that that was the feeling that I got from it. I didn't think that he had any necessary, like he saw him, the sister and the mom as opportunities. I mean, he definitely would have fucked him to get closer to the house for sure. Yeah. But it's almost like he would, he would try, he would think about trying. Then he's like, what if I do it? And he's like, what the fuck, man? You know? Yeah. So yeah. he would always back off of it. Like, maybe he doesn't like that. I don't know. Yeah. So, but just I, I don't odd, Just an odd movie. And I wonder if it's, like, because when you think about it, too, <clears throat> something that's a, uh, a common, not, well, it's common in some films for as many as, as we've all collectively watched, but there's those films where, it's always some upper middle class fucking kid that can't, that's just not happy with what he's got and they just do disturbing shit. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they don't have to want, but there's no motivation there to, to excel in anything. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I still got my pups here. Um, if you guys hear any loud wincing and barking before, um, but, uh, but yeah, like they're all, like, they're always doing something like really sc- screwed up and it, it's like a, it's, 
it's like a commentary on how hopeless the middle class feels in a way, maybe. And this is just a fever dream of one of those individuals, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard. It's hard as us, as a, as an audience, it's hard for us to really like pull any kind of sympathy with the character because we didn't grow up in that lifestyle. Like we didn't, I wouldn't even say that like, I definitely didn't grow up upper middle class by any stretch of the imagination, you know? Yeah. We're all humble beginnings here. So the, the character's motivation, like coming from a standpoint from how I grew up and how I see the world, like those people feel so untouchable. You know what I'm saying? That like that thought process and that logic doesn't even cross my mind. Um, But I also understand I do understand the motivations of the character and why he would want that type of status in his life. It's just very, it's very interesting how the, the writers want to pull this perspective from this. It's almost like they know if they pull, pull it from a lower middle class type of world, then it feels desperate and it makes you want to root for that. Like, makes you want to root for the character more, even though he's doing all this screwed up stuff. Whereas upper middle class, like I wasn't rooting for him at all, but I also wasn't rooting for the other guys either, you know? So like, I was just happy everybody got their comeuppance, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when we cut to the end here and we have him doing his naked risky business coat dance through the mansion, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, you're supposed to almost assume that that you know it's a it's his a, victory it's a, lap, dude. Yeah, but yeah. you can't you can't even in any or at least I couldn't in any way be like fuck yeah he got him. It was more like fuck what he the got fuck him. yeah like he fucking he got him pulled that tube out of her throat. I was like he's gonna kill her. Oh, yeah. the way he just slung I mean, that bitch back, dude, like a bull whip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like, that was wild. You remember yeah, when the uh, the creepy uh, butler, when he was mm-hmm. looking at the maze thing, and he was like, oh, I just got lost, and he was like, a lot of people get lost in Saltburn. Yeah. He got lost makes in Saltburn, dude. It makes you wonder if he's seen this type of shit play out before. Like, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, obviously not well, as... Well, dude was always bringing yeah, you know, dude's so, back, his little projects, you know, like, well, you got this time. Yeah. There's your little you poor wonder, friend you got. It makes you wonder. Um, but that's what made him want him. Remember, he didn't mm-hmm. want to hang out with him anymore. He was getting tired of him, and he was like, my dad's dead. Yeah. My mom, and he was like, ooh, damaged goods. Yeah, he's cool. You're yeah. so real, man. Yeah. That's the only thing he liked about him. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. it's. I really, real, me personally, I really enjoyed this movie. Like, it it was it was fucked up in in a good way. I love the way it was shot. I love the imagery that was used. A lot of the I love the way that the director used reflections and water a lot. Like that was really really cool. Um, the time period the, was cool. Two thousand six. Yeah, but but yeah. I will I will say like it, it, I'll say that as far as like. I felt like some of that just the 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 shock and awe sequences of the movie really didn't have 
they weren't really necessary. Mm-hmm. Like spitting in the hand. Well, yeah, all that shit. <laughs> like, like everything from spitting in the hand, drinking the bath water, fucking the gra- the grave. Yeah, uh, just all that. Like, <clears throat> you know, I could see like something like that being done as like a like like a dream sequence of him. You know, just showing us maybe his um, more morbid sensibilities. Yeah, but in an era where when it comes to weird movies and you know cutting to something fucked up and then cutting back and all of that you know i feel like the i feel like it, it wasn't utilized or, or it was overused in the movie i guess because cuz by the end you've done seen so much bizarre shit that the oddity of the oh, ending. Oh, him dancing through the house ain't nothing when you get to that. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Other than him, you know, him fucking, like I said, him crying and, and him fucking that grave was just a weird, that was a weird moment in the movie because I said, that's what where, the fuck out loud. That's where I got confused because I'm like, okay, did he really love this guy? Was it really a means to an end? Was it, you know, and, and when a movie can leave those questions, maybe it's the hallmark of a good movie. But I don't know. I felt like some of, as someone who enjoys shocking all films, for the way this movie was playing out, it was like, I don't know. It was almost too much. It wasn't terrible. I didn't dislike the film. But I think you guys know knew what I meant from last week, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it's it, it's it was definitely it, it it's it's up there on the weird scale for sure. Yeah. Well, to me, after watching or while I was watching it, I'm like, this is just like single white female. Like we've seen this movie a thousand times. Yeah. But that I don't know. Like we've seen this movie. We've also seen the obsession piece with like you know, from different angles and things like that and, and how people use, and I don't know, for me, this was a different take because like whenever the weirdness would happen, yes. And when the weirdness would happen, 90% of the time when that would happen, it was, you know, was it real? Was it really happening? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, did he really like legitimately go in that bathtub and drink that bath water and lick that drain? Or was he just fantasizing about doing that? And see, I thought about that at some point through the movie. Like, like are, when are we going to get this moment where we see the separation between fantasy and reality and it never really comes. So it's, it just left me to assume that, you know, he, he you know, all that played out just like it did, you know? Yeah. Like him fucking the grave. Like, did that really happen? Because like when me and dirt was talking about it earlier, it's like, how did no one see this? Like the people just walked off. If he really was fucking this grave, somebody would have wandered back up there, would have saw it from a difference. His clothes would have also been a lot dirtier than they were when he got back to the house. Like he had a little bit of dirt on his knee. Yeah. So it's like, he took them shits off. It was raining. It was muddy. Yeah. And so that a lot of those sequences, except for the chick, oh, yeah, which, the, yeah, but it except wasn't just for the, him. Yeah, there was two people involved yeah. there, and him and the chick, and him and the dude. Those, I mean, because there was more people, but all this, like to me, 
all the stuff that revolved around the guy was never a direct interaction with the guy. Was all of it no, fantasies he was that he watching was, him? Yes. Was it fantasies that were playing out in his head? What, what was happening? And the fact that they didn't <laughs> tell you if it was real or not, the fact that they had no type of illusion whatsoever to give you even a, a thought that it might be an illusion makes it that much more intriguing. Because it's yeah, like, did it and, happen? And even, da- even down to the point, too, where we hear throughout the movie, because it'll cut back to him being, you know, talk- clearly what we now know is was talking to the mother at the very end of the film. Yeah. Um. He keep, you know, they kept asking. They, they oh, were like, that's who we was talking was I, to. Okay, was, yeah. Was, was I in love with him? And he goes, I wasn't in love with him, but I did. Boy, did I love him. Yeah. So it made me wonder too. Like, was it the idea of him? Was he? Was he like his Tyler Durden? Was he everything he wanted to be but yeah. couldn't be? Yeah. yeah. And the For house sure. was the thing. He thought that the house was what allowed him to be that. So the the house was the house on Paper Street at the end of the day that was the manifestation of what he wanted to be. At least that's how I took it. Yeah. So, but I mean, like I said, I love this movie. Like, it's probably not something I'm going to watch every single day because it is like, you know, it's not Requiem for a Dream where it's a one and done in my opinion. I do want to watch it again to pick up on like a lot. Since we know what's happened, and since we know how everything plays out, I want to go back through it and like hyper focus on specific things to see like, what does this mean? Is there something happening in the background? Is there other stuff? Um, I really enjoyed it. Like whenever it went off, I was just like, fucking bravo guy. It's, it was such a gothic. It reminded me of those old hammer horror films. Like, except with like single white female vibes. Like, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It was Liberace's Midsummer. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was good, though. Like, I, at least I, I thought it was just, like, phenomenally. And Barry Keough, or what, however you pronounce his last that name. That motherfucker needs... That dude needs to stay the Joker. Yeah, for sure, right? For sure. Let him be the Joker, dude. Yeah. And the dude that played the, the friend... Yeah. Was it Felix? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, British Walter White Jr. Yeah, um, he did Elvis a phenomenal. The... Yeah, and it is and it is likable. Really, that was him. And that was Walter Jr. No, 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 no. He just looks like Walter Jr. I was about to be like, dude, that motherfucker was a revelation in this movie, then, dude, because that's <laughs> that's a that's an acting. But he class, really man. honed in on that character, like. Yeah, the salt burn. Mm-hmm. You know the guy that's like, he's always no shoes on, just yeah, free just sitting around this, the salt burn, dude, hanging this, out. This, this is a song I wrote. It's called Water. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, salt burn, full star. This is a shelf setter for me. I also give it a full star. Same. I did enjoy the movie. There's a, I mean, and there I is a lot. I did not expect happy. to enjoy it. I'll, I'll be very. I, you know, I, I was yeah, telling Griffin earlier, um, Trav, like, this is one of those things, like, you know, where you, you there was, you know, a lot of gay stuff in the movie. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter because the way the movie was written, like, that yeah. just goes to show you remember when that movie came out and that guy was like, oh, everybody's just homophobe. That's why they didn't like my movie. 
Yeah. Well, I like this no. movie. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's just, just th- different the way it was written. Like, well, my thing is that like, if if it had carried on through, and it would have ended in some sort of way where him and that dude had a relationship, whatever shit just gets really weird. Probably would have still been a good movie. Sure. But I would have I would have gladly been like, but it's just not wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. That 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 ending saves the movie when you realize, or at least for me. This motherfucker did the long con. He did the long con and he fucking suffered for it. He died for his art in this movie. Like and 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 I mean, you know, because I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with pointing out, regardless of whether it's a a, a story's uh, sexual sexual orientation or not. If a movie ain't for you, it just ain't for you. And the world can't hold the knives to your throat for it, you know? Yeah. And like like for instance, like this like this movie had its themes and I was, you know, I liked it, it was good, but it wasn't I'm not probably going to return to this movie more so then I probably wouldn't give two shits about sitting through that episode of uh, Nick Offerman's uh, story in Last of Us. That was good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, like if people watch, if people that are listening and watch this movie and, and they're, they don't really give much of a shit about either love scenes in general, which there, there aren't really love scenes in this movie. No. But any kind, any any sexual tension that is outside of what you are, whether you're comfortable or not, if you don't want to see it, there's a shit ton of it in this movie. Yeah. Well, this is what I'll say about it: the fact that they wrote the movie the way they did, to where like he was kind of um, playing both sides, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It it allowed the writer to go in there and create overall more interesting characters for this dude to interact with, because think about it. If this was a strictly gay or a strictly, uh, straight shot film or written film, then you would have the interactions with him and the dude or him and the sister. And then everybody else would have been secondary characters that really don't matter. The fact that I they, mean, yeah, I'm not necessarily questioning the writing or anything. Cause yeah, it does make it for, 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 in, for an interesting for interesting scenes and for scenes that can build up tension that you mm-hmm. normally couldn't with your traditional straight male characters or female characters. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's such a, it was such a brilliant take on the writer's part because it's like, no, everybody is at risk of either being killed or banged in this movie. And that the tension that the the film created from not only like what's this dude going to do next like who's going to die next but also like is he going to try to seduce the mom is he going to try to seduce the sister is he going to try to seduce the brother oh, he would like fuck that the dad if it would have worked i mean yeah and that to me built just as much tension in the overall story it built the same amount as like what's going to happen next with the the members of this family and um right. It really goes to show you that you can use sex and sexual orientation and like, um, like, uh, outside of social norms as writing tools and mechanisms to create interesting stories. Well, and, and I, I would, I would take it further to go that, that, 
using it as an undertone. Yes. Ramps up the, cause that's the thing is there was a lot of very, like you understood the tension for the most part between every character except him and the dude. Yes. That was always a very vague aspect of the film. And, and maybe that's so that it can keep it in some level relatability to everyone in all audiences. Who knows? Yeah. But I mean, you're right. It was used, it was used cleverly for sure, but I wasn't expecting that first hour or so to be so on the nose though. Well, it just showed the, 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 the main character's motivations and dedications to fulfilling his goal. Yeah. Um, and like, if you, if they really wanted to, you could probably cut about 15 minutes of the, the first hour out and it would still be fine. But like the fact that he not only long played it and then long played it even longer after the fact, after everything was said and done, like, dude, like he wasn't coming out of that house, dude. No, like, and it just, I don't know. I re- I really enjoy it. And I, I, I liked it a lot, man. Like it was, it was kind of a breath of fresh air in a way. And you know, it's just like all those other weird movies. It's like, let's put some out of the box subject matter into a familiar story and see how audiences react to it. But let's not like try to copy and paste what's been done. Let's try to take what's been done and expand on it. And that's what, that's what the writer and director did. And it, it worked out to me. So I'm putting it on shelf. This is going right next to midsummer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's where it goes. My aspect ratio. Yeah. And the fact that it was in four, three, which was time appropriate. Like we were on the cusp of widescreen in 2006. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, Oh yeah. That copy of super bad they were watching was in widescreen. Yeah. Well, it um, was on a, uh, smaller TV like the, yeah. So, um, I, I, I did. And I forgot at a certain point that it was shot in a different. Oh yeah. After a while it just three. goes away. Yeah, it just melts in. You're just sucked in by all this craziness that's happening, you know. So, mm-hmm. but um, dream scenario though. Let's talk about this wild ride. <laughs> Probably uh, one of Nicolas Cage's better performances in the past few years. He he really toned it down for this. But did he though? Well, like the dream like, version of him was acting crazy, but not the... Yeah. Well, I mean, his facial expressions were still classic Cage. Oh, yeah. dude, when he was, like, trying to apologize? Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> or, 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 or when it cuts to the daughter saying him march toward her. Yeah. Yeah. It was like those weird. Little... How many... it was a... so, so did you guys think at any at one point did you guys think he was powering that those wristbands when they first started when they first brought that into the movie you're like oh shit he's just gonna power them all no i kind of because i was picking up on what they were putting down i'm like well he's gonna fade into obscurity real quick um because i mean this was just this is he went viral yeah and everybody's everybody's in everybody's dreams, like yeah. how more, you know, how much more viral can you go? So, and it's like everybody that goes, look at the dude, the, the hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah. You know, he was popular for a couple of months and then he faded into obscurity. Like there's a ton of people 
that that experienced this viral thing and it was just like their interpretation of going viral and how like a nobody every you know everyday joe deals with this sudden explosion of fame and popularity um so whenever they brought dream scenario the dream scenario wrist bracelet things out i'm like okay so someone found a way to capitalize on this just like when most people go viral, people find a way to, to exploit that and capitalize on it. And then that person's just going to kind of fade, fade off well, into, into well, nothing. One thing I noticed that they, that they were doing was, um, it's like they, they took, you remember that meme where it's like, have you seen this man in your dreams? Mm-hmm. And it's that weird, very weird face. Yeah. Well, this movie seemed to like t- take that and just make it into a story. And then yeah. throw in the commentaries that you were talking about. Because mm-hmm. the whole idea of like, um, there's something he mentions at uh, at one point. Let me see if I can find the quick definition of it. But it's literally the study of memes, memetics. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, here we go. Memetics is the study of information and culture based on an analogy with Darwinian evolution. Proponents of memetics as evolutionary culture describe it as an approach of cultural information transfer. Those arguing for the Darwinian theoretical account tend to begin with the theoretical analogies from the existing biological evolutionary models. Memetics describes how ideas or cultural information can propagate but doesn't necessarily imply a memes concept is factual. Yeah. So essentially like, you know, if you see a meme enough, you start to believe it. Yeah. But that's, I mean, it's, that's kind of like everything though. Like if you see something, it, it makes its way into the public zeitgeist and stays there. To the point where it doesn't matter if it's real or not. It doesn't yeah, matter. If yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It just it goes into the ether and becomes its own thing. Yeah. I mean, you could start a fucking meme. If you had a, a, a serious enough campaign to push it, you could start a meme that would, that's the sky is blue. And people, you know what I'm saying? People would, mm-hmm. hey, what color is the sky? And just because of the meme, just because it's in that short-term memory constantly it's going to pull that information for, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but no, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting how they did the dream sequences and how like out of hand, they really did do a good job at showing you how like dreams kind of feel, you know, and how weird, like the one kid that was walking across the field. Oh yeah. And that, that dude was after him or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Hey, what are you doing here? You know, like, just here. Yeah, just hanging out. He really had a problem with him not doing anything in his yeah. dream. Oh, I would have just been like, good. Well, and, it all start it all started when he had the cum fart. It all, all went downhill after that. Yeah. When Chick was like, Give me a dick, and he was like, I'm sorry, and he runs off. And after that, everything else just flips it on all its head. Went downhill. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Did his thoughts betray him? Well, 
because the whole the whole chat that him and his wife have in bed she's like you know are you you know would you you know everyone's dreaming about you like how do you feel about it and this that and the other and then you know she's like do you ever dream about women in your sleep and stuff you know like that gets brought up yeah then what do we have it a young 20 something that's like i've been dreaming about you like coming in my apartment and fucking me on my couch yeah and you know the dude being the age he is he you know there's a part of his mind that's making him think he still got it yeah it looked a lot better in the dream yeah, yeah. and and the reality it didn't pan out <laughs> well and, and, it, uh, and, it, and, and it's like the minute the minute that that that's scenario played out everything just went to shit for him because yeah. he his his conscience was tainted by that thought right and kind of the way that i that i interpreted that was like you know whenever someone has a uh they go viral and then they have like a real life interaction with someone that may not go well um that you know that may get out of hand or go out of pocket for a second because they're not used to dealing with all of this kind of stuff. Then the world perceives that person from that point on as this other individual almost. And it's like him going to her apartment and trying to fulfill this fantasy that she has and not being able to live up to it, even though it wasn't something that was like necessarily public um, it, it still interacted and had the same effect as if someone, you know, has a public outburst that does go viral because after that people start having the nightmares about them. And whenever people start having the nightmares, then people are freaking out, you know, all this other crazy stuff is happening. So like, that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I interpreted that was like him showing up and trying to fulfill this fantasy was him having a negative like outburst towards someone and then that changing everyone's like, yeah, and all you know, went downhill after that. Yeah, yeah. I think, and it's, yeah, I, yeah. I just i I feel like the movie did a really good job of. I don't know it because it, it it really it really lays it really laid heavy on the thought process. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because your thoughts affect your dreams, all that kind of bullshit. And I think it was a nice balance between between the metaphor or the cautionary tale of being viral mm-hmm. coupled with the way things play out in your mind. Yes. Yeah. Because, how- you know, because theoretically, you know, he's... Sorry, I was checking on one of my dogs. Um, because his whole, the whole, this, the whole, the whole film is. I'm still processing it because I know we've kind of we kind of flip flip flop. You guys watch Saltburn and I watch Dream Scenario. Um, but just the the, the I because there's a lot there's a lot going on. Kind of like with Saltburn though, there's like you have you have the metaphor for for viral and the age of 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 the internet 
coupled with a story about a guy that just wants one fucking thing. He just wants his one. He just wants his goddamn book. Yeah. Yeah. That's all he gives a. Sh- that's all oh. he's giving a shit about. He don't. He don't. He don't give I a fuck about. I felt bad for him at the end. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do no one want? He had a fucking pamphlet. Mm-hmm. He's trying to go to his daughter's like thing, and he and everybody there hates him. He accidentally hurts the woman. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to fucking live. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, I don't know any of you. It's like, yeah, but earlier you were eating it up, man. Mm-hmm. You did this to you. The good comes with the bad. Now, it, I did feel bad for him. And, like, I like how he, it was it was interesting because a lot of people don't do this, but it was interesting how he tried to use his, like, fame and success or whatever you want to call it to try to prop up him being a writer and him getting his book off the ground and all that stuff. But like they just ate him alive, even with the book. Well, wasn't his like research. Remember when he was talking to that one lady and she was going to put something out and he's like, well, I was going to yeah, put something out. That's like what, his yeah, whole thing was the hive mind, right? Like the, yeah, the, that's why that's collective why consciousness. The, like, yeah. So kind of like the thing with the dreams, like, yeah. Yeah. So he had tapped into this and then whenever, he did this thing with the girl. It did make everything go bad. Yeah. He tainted all the dreams. He did. Before, he was just pain. kind of there. Like, before, yeah, because he did nothing. Yeah. And as soon as he, like, tried to do something, he just, it was. Well, it's like, it's like not only, not only did hit. I mean, if you want to call it selfishness, his selfishness to have his book. And to continue living the life he had and all this stuff, it it would like it, it would have it would have played out a lot differently if he had just not. Because that's the thing to think about. Because I still I'm really hanging on to this idea that his thoughts betrayed him on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Because before it, you know. He's not doing, like you guys said, he's not doing shit. He's going to work. He's doing whatever. People just fucking see him in his dreams, in their dreams or whatever. But the minute he crossed marital lines, like, first yeah, off. When he got into some dark shit, the dark arts. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> the dreams went because, dark, man. Well the, well, the minute he went from, okay, I'm going to meet this person at a coffee shop or I'm going to meet this person at a bar, we're going to discuss things. Even then, it's like, okay, bud, you're pushing it. Yeah. But the minute he went back to her house, that's when it all went downhill, man. You don't, married man has no business being in a single woman's house. Not on that kind of level. Not on, not even, like, if it's a professional level, why are we at our houses? Mm. I mean, you know, sometimes mm. they need the fridge repaired, Trev, or the stove isn't working you correctly. Check she might be trapped in the dryer. I mean, you never know. I mean, you know, and if Pornhub was reality, I would believe you. But <laughs> it's I mean, hell. I've made many a service call in my day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying, though, man. Like, oh you, yeah, like, for sure. You don't. You don't. Married people don't put themselves in that situation from the get go. Like you just yeah. don't, you just avoid that. Well, and it was like way it's out not of his a, character. Yeah, it's not a and it and it ha, and it's not a trust thing. I want to be clear with that. It's not a trust thing. 
in the sense it's the same idea like driving a car. You're not yeah. worried about your driving. You're worried about everybody else's driving. Yeah. So you can roll up somewhere good intentions, but you know, I you know I I I can admit it admit this as well. I w- I wouldn't necessarily be cool with my wife going over to somebody's house, some dude's house for that matter, to discuss a book or some sort of thing, whatever. No, mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't care how they sell it to me professionally. I'd be like, hey, ain't, isn't there a restaurant like a conference room like? And there's some meeting ground for some shit like this other than at a motherfucker's house. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe, I mean, maybe that's, maybe some of that, that's that old, that old cloth that nobody wants to have made anymore. But that's just, I don't know. That's how I feel about it at least. Right. But yeah, Trav, dream scenario bracelet is real. Are you buying one? Uh, called the iWatch, man. No, no. Where you can <laughs> the iWatch doesn't allow you to tap oh, into. Somebody. Oh, so I can go. So I can go visit a little Korean kid's dreams. No, thank yes. you. No, <laughs> yeah. thank you. That's so weird, right? That was a kind yeah. of a weird example. I, I like how like, we're we influencers. Going? Like it kind of goes with the whole viral thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, you know for I mean? sure. Yeah. Oh, I saw what they were doing. I was like, yeah. They were like, dude, it's an ad for music in your dreams. Whatever dude starts punching him and he's like, well, your punches aren't doing anything. Maybe they can get a boost with the new, fuck, I fucked the lineup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Wait, let me do it again. It was an energy drink? Yeah. Hey, we'll be there one day. One day you'll have ads in your dreams. Oh, it's happening. I mean, you're already getting like subliminal messages throughout the day and imagery that makes you want stuff like... Well, yeah, I mean, maybe even dream that, about it. Like, well, I mean, that's technology's. Uh, I mean, if we go at the way everything is going, um, in a hundred years, yeah, dude, we can sleep all day and still get a full day's work done because we're in the theater. Oh, of the well, imagine when we can do that. It's like you could actually get work done in your sleep mm, we'll using be the computers and. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, we're never gonna get away. <laughs> I'm using a VPN. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I man. mean, we're getting plugged into the Matrix. Whether, uh, we're getting plugged into the Matrix, whether we want there. to be or not. Yeah, like people being able to like when you're in your dream, you know you're dreaming. You you but you can do stuff, and you you're still connected to your computer. It's like you can actually get shit but, done. Yeah, yeah, it's it's severance, but more realistic but it, that's what happens is like inflation is so high in the future you have to work till you sleep mm, fuck that that sounds terrible i mean that sounds like I, the idea of a good movie be, dude that's what i'm saying i, I do a like, lot of work in my dreams anyway like there's like a slave class that's the, the all dude they're called the sleepers mm. Mm. we could ride it yeah. <laughs> that's... um not, not for real it. though. I mean the the way I mean the way you put it though, Adam. Like that's absolutely I think the future. Not necessarily working in our dreams, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that can be done. You know, like it's like how did so and so well manage to make problems ten thousand dollars? Oh yeah, like, yeah I've, I've solved... dreamed about stuff and then woke up and been like, I know what, what to do. Yeah, Isn't that, there... I fixed it. 
isn't there uh isn't there something along the lines of like whenever we're asleep there's parts of our brains that come on that aren't on when we're awake yeah or like our brain power is like i mean i know we're at like a resting state but like our minds can like do pretty crazy shit when our bodies aren't yeah well and it's you know you tap into those unused parts or at least those parts that are kind of buried Right. Because like if I'm trying to work on something creative and I think we've all experienced this, if you try to work on something creative, we're just surrounded by distractions constantly. And whether whether it be whether it be like, you know, your phone or Internet, video games, movies, whatever in general, or just like the the argument that you had with your um, with your um you know, wife or husband that's lingering in the back of your mind. Like you can, people, people absolutely have the ability to take that and use it as a catalyst to be creative. But sometimes, yeah, for sure. but sometimes that, that overrides the process. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, and, and the thing with that, and I think this is absolutely different strokes for different folks. I think forcing creativity is fucking futile. Yeah. Uh, I think you will still be successful. You will still create, but you won't hit anywhere near the highs of your potential. Now, I'm not necessarily saying every scenario where you're sitting down and trying to do something, commit it either in whatever form of art you're trying to do, but I think trying to force it out of you because you're like, man, I've got this much time to spend on this, let me see what I can do. Yeah. I don't, I, I think you're going to walk away. People walk away, or at least me personally, I walk away from those sessions more often disappointed than having gained anything. It's only when the only time that I, that, that, that hit me the best is when I, when I'm legitimately inspired, when it's something I can't shake, when it's an idea that's still like, all, even with the most important shit being thrown in your face, like fuck this bills do fuck that's, but that creative process is still like, eh, I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still, yeah. Like, that easy. Don't, yeah. Don't yeah. you want to record me or for me, for my, for my experience, it's like, don't you want to record it? Don't you want to record it? You should probably record it. You should, you're going to forget it. No, no, yeah. you're not going to forget it. Why? Because I'm going to be here and remind you every waking fucking minute until you do. And whenever you try to force, whenever you try to do it on the other end of that, and you're like, ah, let me just shit out something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 I mean, like I said, you'll get something done, but it won't be anywhere near what you are capable of. Yeah. Well, I've got a process that I work through that. Like this, my process for that has been pretty, it's been helpful. It's made everything a little bit, take a little bit longer, but it's been more beneficial in the long run. Um, and this happens a lot in my dream. Like if I'm trying to come up with something or trying to fix something, I'll have dreams about like, okay, this is the obvious, like this feels like the obvious solution to it. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll write it down. Uh, make a note of it, and then I'll sleep on it for a couple of days, talk to a couple of people about it, just kind of get general feelers out there to see how it feels. And then whenever I'm experiencing that that block, that's when I go in there and um, flesh out 
the existing things that are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that's how, that's how I do my process when it comes to that. So it's like, you know, I'm, if I have a thought, I, I, I think about it, I run through it, I make the notes, I think of all the different scenarios and try to figure out how it's going to work in every single way. And then when I hit that roadblock where it's like, what the fuck? Like there's something here that needs to be fixed or there's something here that I need to work on. If I can't think of anything, I just take what's there and I just expand on it. And normally by doing that, it unlocks a fucking another, you know what I'm saying? It, it's yeah. like a key to, you know, so well, it's like, a, but see that, but, that, but that's the beauty of inspiration though. And if you have it, it'll take yeah. those moments where when you're doing stuff, it'll be like, Oh yeah, you weren't thinking about this a minute ago, but guess what? New shit has come to light. Good sir. Yeah, right. And, you know, the little you will run from the filing cabinet going, hey, 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 remember this? This idea fucking rocks, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah it's, it's the same with me. But one uh, another another thing, another tool in my, my particular toolbox, too, is uh, I give it 24 hours. Like whenever an idea like comes to my head. Mm -hmm. If I'm still thinking about it the same time the next day, I give it a little more attention. If it's still there, I get like, I don't just sit down for any waking idea anymore. Like as far yeah. as music, like I don't, I know I'm going to have way more used up space on my hard drive of shit. No one's ever going to hear if I did, if I, if I did it the other way around. Right. And I, I just, I don't know from my, pers from where I'm at at this point in my life, creatively, if it don't fucking just haunt the shit out of me. I ain't fucking wasting my time on it anymore. Yeah. But with the dream stuff and going back to like the dream scenario stuff, it's like, what's better than AI? If you can legitimately create these scenarios and play them out in your own head from your perspective. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're also tripping that, when you dream. Yeah. That hard. Hard. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> if there was a way to like, if you could learn or if there was a way that you could hyper focus on specific things while you are asleep, that would change. Not even oh, being yeah. able to go in, go into other people's dreams That's why or I'm anything by like, like that. Working kind of like you be able to yeah. get some shit or done do. in your sleep instead of dreaming about fucking Mickey Mouse yeah. Yeah. on an airplane or, or, or something like something uh, weird. Or like, or man, what if you could use it as a, as like a, like a time period? Like, I mean, cause you, you would still technically be working. But, like, imagine learning something in your sleep. Dude, I've had stuff that I couldn't fix for days and dream about how to fix it. Yeah. And wake up and be like, I know what I have to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, had yeah. That and, and, well, I mean, like, think but about it. But it's because it. I spent go. days doing all this shit, everything, and then finally it just, no, this. It you got to do this. Because, and because think about like, and without going too Nolan here, think about like the way time works in a dream. Yeah. You could go to sleep one night and spend a hundred years reading mechanical engineering and then wake up and be like, eh, I can fix, I, I can fix this fucking 17 story skyscraper. Yeah. Well, and then it, then it starts blurring that line. It's like, think about tank uploading stuff to Neo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, now you're where I'm at. Well, he was technically asleep even when he was plugged. They're technically asleep when they're plugged into the Matrix. So it's like, mm -hmm. instead of the Matrix being this like AI world, what if it's just like this dream ecosystem that because the metaverse is going to be? 
like we're all connected, right? In some mm-hmm. weird way, we're all connected. If they're, if the dream scenario thing was able to like take all of us, everybody on this planet and use that brain power all at the same time, what the fuck is going to happen? That's a Lex Luthor fucker than AI. Yeah, for sure. You know, so. But dream scenario was good. I think that Nick Cage's performance was incredible. I, I was, I wasn't expecting it to be. I was expecting him to go off the rails, off the rails, like classic Nick Cage. Well, that, I think, and I think the fact that it only did subtly in his facting, I think that worked. And once again, though, it also it, it's proof that. Nick Cage just needs a director that knows how to work with him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah, I'm going to give it a full star. I really enjoyed it. I didn't like it as much as Saltburn, personally. It's hard to compare the two, but like, just watching them, you know what I mean? But like, watching them back to back, which one am I more inclined to watch again? Saltburn was definitely a little more exciting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But... Him with that oversized suit on at the end? Whoa. Oh, the talking heads? Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. I was like, Taking holy shit, okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think the only both... way he could see his wife was to go see her in a dream. And save her in the suit, man. Yeah. Were they burning that her was, at the stake? That was, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was depressing as shit when he's like, this isn't real and he just floats away or he says, I wish this was real. Cause then, then you have to wonder, was that like, did he really find out how to get in the dream or was she lying to him the whole time? But yeah, I give dream scenario a full star. I don't, I'm not going to throw a comparison on either one. They're both weird as fuck movies. Um, they both belong on the weird shelf for sure. Yeah. Um, true detective. <laughs> Watch it, Trav. No, didn't know it dropped already. Yeah, dropped Sunday. Um, well, I mean, I'm gonna watch it anyway. I started um, to. I'm gonna watch it anyway. I don't care. Just tell me. Just, y- y'all, y'all discuss about it, and I'll. Oh, I mean, it's the it's the first episode of True Detective. There's a bunch of shit happening, and yeah. there's no, <laughs> there's no like, what the fuck is happening right now? No, That's basically no, no real logical explanation going on. Well, it's, you know, it's just setting the season up. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, it always starts slow. So, so what's our time period? What's our time period at now? It's modern. Okay. Yeah. Who's our, who's our damaged main character? Uh, well, I think everybody's damaged. Yeah. (laughs) I think everybody's a little damaged. Yeah. Heard that everybody's got a story to tell. Well, you've got the, you've got the straight, the straight character, then you have the one that's kind of going against everything in a, in a way. And then you got somebody else that's like really going against stuff. And like, <laughs> there's someone for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it does a good job at like, there's some shit that goes down. It gets, 
they there's a lot of stuff that's happening from uh from the perspective of the, like the indigenous people from Antarctica. So it gets real like wait. Um, <laughs> indigenous people from Antarctica? Yeah. Like Eskimos. What? Yeah, yeah. it takes place you, in Alaska. Antarctica's Oh, you mean the just the Arctic? Antarctica's it, it, the bottom of the planet, bro. Well, it's, was that research station not in Antarctica? Maybe they called it. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, it takes place in that in those areas. Um, but there's a lot of weird, like spiritual. These the people at this research station are trying to figure out where life came from. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, like it's, it's pretty cool. It's getting into some stuff True Detective's never really done before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounds like some shit I fucking sit around for hours reading about. Yeah. And the, the, and the, the people that are like, that live there, grew up there and everything. It's like, you know, they believe in spirits and all that kind of stuff. So it's getting real. So they have, they have a theological perspective. Yeah. Okay. Um, Travis shows up. Cool. He does. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he does a dance. Hey, hey, man, I just, I I was waiting for y'all to see me, man. Um, but no, it's good. Like I said, this one's just kind of setting everything up. So it introduces you to the main characters and you you get the the thing. You know how True Detective, there's one thing that starts the the ball, the inevitable ball, inevitable ball that rolls down. The bad lieutenant decision. Well, it's if like, you, you know, yeah, it's like the the K, the thing that starts the case that like blossoms into like all this other crazy shit. So we yeah. have the setup for that. And then. You know, we see the interactions of the different characters and stuff like that. But it's a it's a good strong start, though. I mean, Jodie Foster's oh, yeah. great. Dude, my grandfather said he's like poor old Richard Hinckley. If he could see Jodie Foster now, he'd be like, "I tried to kill Ronald Reagan for her." It's <laughs> the first thing that came, he said when he saw. Him. <laughs> That's funny as fuck, dude. Yeah, didn't expect him to enjoy it because of the mm-hmm. way that it was going. Yeah, so he's just not into that shit. Right. But when it went off, he was like, I mean, you know, we'll have to see what happens. It's like, yeah, they got you. They hook you. They do. They put yeah. the line in. Yeah. We still do we still have the pretentious intros that we know and love? I don't even think it did one. Did it? If it did, Out it was here in the Arctic, where it started, everybody knows your name. It just started. It started yeah, it started a little different too, because it had some text that pop up at the beginning of the episode and then it like it really shows you how far removed these people are from like normal society. It does a good yeah. job. At sh- are they like, it, are they, is it like those Alaskan refuge people? Well, they're or? far side Alaska. Like, yeah. Like, this one dude, like he offers us a chick of beer and he's like, my, this is the last of my stock. Like, yeah. Like, did you notice yeah. the, the pallets of cans? Yeah. But in everybody's Cause they, apartment. Yeah, cause they buy like yeah. that. Cause Yeah. You never know when yeah. you're going to get to the store again. Well, what's crazy? Yeah, because out there in that refuge, um, the only people that live there are the people that have the, the the land leases from before the government made it to where, like, people can't just go up there and homestead anymore. Yeah. And there's only, like, according to one docuseries I was watching, there's only, like, seven families up there. And if you die... 
unless you can pass it on to your living descendant, um, that land goes back to the state. I mean, sounds about right. I mean, I know that don't have anything to do with True Detective, but it is an interesting fact about the wilderness well, of Alaska. It might. <laughs> I mean, we don't like they they haven't got into the land dispute thing yet. Like, but it could it Pensions could get salt burned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's wicked, man. But it's it's good though. Hell yeah. It, I mean, it's. I want to wait and play it out because for me, of course, season one and then season three are the best two for sure. Um, so far, this one's which season two had a pretty good start too. So, like, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll, at yeah. the end of the day, I mean, Russ Cole fucking stands on his mm. own. Yeah, for real. Yeah, like we can all agree, season one ain't gonna be top. It it was almost topped. Like it got damn close in season three to topping it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he's still in the jungle. I like the twist, but it's only going to be six episodes. Like, period. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I'm well, looking at the Wikipedia. One was, season one was what eight episodes? I think something like that. So, hey, maybe less is more. Like. They do cover some ground in this <laughs> in this first episode. Yeah. So but oh, um, yeah. but yeah, man. It's uh it's really good. I've I enjoyed the hell out of it, so we got yeah, a little bit I of I don't know what there. happens. I'm hooked. Yeah, dude. There's a tongue, people are missing, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Yeah. So there's spirits. Travis shows up, does a dance, like it's a whole thing, man. It's good though. But um, Bill and Ted 4 is now being written, Alex Winter reveals. So Alex Winter has revealed that a script for possible Bill and Ted 4 is now being written with the intention of shopping the project around. In an interview with the, in an interview with the Sarah O'Connell show, Winter revealed that they are now tinkering with the idea for a fourth adventure in the Bill and Ted franchise with the actor, hoping everyone, including Keanu Reeves, will be happy with the result. We're tinkering with a fourth movie idea that all of us like, and the guys are going to write. So we'll see. It takes us time to get these things going, and we never want to do them unless they're great. Uh, I haven't watched the third one yet. I watched it. Yeah, I did too. It was all right. There, so was, a sense of, there was a sense of finality to it that makes these this news seem weird to me, though. That's what I was going to ask. Did it feel like it, was wrap, it wrapped everything up, yeah. kind of, but... Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, well, it came out in that it came out the same year Jay and Silent Bob rebooted. Yeah, right. Uh, similar plots, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, that plays out, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's Bill and Ted. I'm biased on the one end, but yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I understand. And who knows? I mean, it might be a passing of the torch type situation. That might be what Jay and Silent Bob, that might be what Kevin Smith's doing with that. I thought that's what they did in the one, but. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, because there there is some baton passing in that last Bill and Ted. Yeah. Heavy. So they could come back as the parents or something, you know? Yeah. Wild Um, stallions. Yeah. (laughs) 
So Zack Snyder shares details on Rebel Moon's R-rated cut release window. So Rebel Moon originally released in select theaters and later on Netflix was initially conceptualized as an audacious R-rated version of Star Wars. However, as it evolved, it transitioned into a two-part saga with a more accessible PG-13 rating. What's particularly intriguing about this space epic is the anticipated release of the director's cut, rumored to emerge just before the sequel, Rebel Moon Part 2, The Scar Giver. Now, Snyder has teased uh, when fans can expect to see his hard R-rated version of the movie land on Netflix. Despite fans originally hoping that the extended and much more graphic cut of Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, would be dropped before the sequel arrives, it seems that fans will get to see how the rest of the story plays out in a PG-13 arena in April, a few months before we get to see the director's more extreme edition of either part. Appearing on the DGA Director's Cut podcast, Snyder told Louis Leterrier, uh, Leterrier that the R-rated cut will be released, quote, in the summer. Although he did not reveal a more specific time frame, it does confirm that fans still have several months to wait in order to see whether the hype surrounding the, quote, different version of the movie can live up to reality. Uh, the director's cut is set to delve into a more mature and possibly darker version of the story, reflecting Snyder's <clears throat> initial version for an R-rated narrative. This approach is somewhat of a departure from the standard practices of director's cuts, which often often serve to include content trimmed for the, uh, from the theatrical release. Snyder's approach is more holistic, aiming to offer a completely alternate version of the story, which he describes as a, quote, fully realized weirdo heavy metal bizarro land movie. So, um, we're going to have to do both PG-13s before I mean, we get the R's. Well, I mean, it's bonkers that he's releasing essentially four different movies. Yeah, basically, yeah. Hopefully, and when the R-rated drops, it all drops. Both that would be parts nice. of it. That would be yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. Now, I'm curious as to when he's going to release some run times. Yeah, that would be, yeah. Because if it's going it. to... Yeah. And who knows? Like, it would be almost nice if he cut it up episodically. You know, give us mm-hmm. a 45-minute to an hour for each episode and then do like, you know, if it's put it all together. Yeah. If it's four or five hours, then just do it that way. Well, I mean, well, he could go the chapter selection route like he did with Max and the Snyder cut. But I mean, dare I say it? I don't see myself when I sit down to watch these movies. I feel like I'm probably going to sit through all of it for better or worse. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis could come out of retirement. What? So, retired actor Daniel Day-Lewis made a rare public appearance to honor Scorsese at the National Board of Review Awards Gala. Day-Lewis presented Scorsese the award for Best Director for his work helming Killers of the Flower Moon. While presenting the award, Day-Lewis spoke fondly of the acclaimed filmmaker recalling discovering his work. I was a teenager I was a teenager when I discovered Martin's work. With a light of his own making, he illuminated unknown worlds that pulse with a dangerous, irresistible energy. Worlds that were mysterious to me and utterly enthralling. 
He illuminated the vast, beautiful landscape of what is possible in film, and he clarified for me what it is that one must ask of oneself to work in faith. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Wipe your, wipe um, your mouth off, Daniel. Yeah. So Day Lewis, who collaborated with Scorsese for 93's The Age of Innocence and 2002's Gangs of New York, said that, quote, one of the greatest joys and most unexpected privileges of my life was to find myself one day working with him. I'm grateful to the National Board of Review for so justly recognizing the supreme uh, inimitable artistry of this mighty man. To every person that works in the crucible of the imagination, he's a living treasure. As a man and as a filmmaker, I love and revere him for his devastating telling of the story of Killers of the Flower Moon. Best Director Award goes to Martin Scorsese. As Scorsese accepted the award, he called working alongside Day-Lewis one of the greatest experiences of my life, adding, maybe there's time for one more. As the crowd reacted positively to the idea of another Scorsese and Day-Lewis collaboration, the actor smiled and held out his hands. Uh, the NBR also chose Killers of the Flower Moon as its film of the year, with Lily Gladstone earning the Best Actress Award. The crime epic based on... All right, we went through that. Um, who was he trying to play during this... <laughs> like, is he in character when he's Oh, he's always this, in character, dude. The, this speech right here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Probably, uh, was it Bill the Butcher? Oh, God. <laughs> Um, I was a teenager, you see. I mean, he's he's retired a couple of. Remember when he was going to make wooden shoes? He did. He went. Um, he was a cobbler for a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, and then he came back and he did the thread or whatever. Yeah. Then the went away again. Yeah. It's so, like, dude, like, just quit saying you're retired, man. If I can make a movie, yeah. Just make what movies you want to make. But could you imagine another outing with, with? Uh, Daniel well, Day-Lewis. I'm pretty sure fucking... that Scorsese's next movie is the one with Leonardo DiCaprio where they're on the ships. Yes. And oh, if that's dude. the case... Yeah. He's the cat. Him is the cat. motherfucker out. Like... Yeah. Oh, he's going to buy a ship, right? Yeah. You know. He's going to show up to work in one. Like... Because he goes full method. Those two need to get a room, though. They're yeah, like, for real. They're fucking just, salt burning each other. Hey, like, just, oh, Daniel. Oh, my heart. Of them hiring a tractor trailer to pull a boat yeah. to set every day while he's out and he's there. he's standing on it, like, turning. He's it. like, raise no, the just, bow flag. You know, he's like. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> well, you have it to where there's this whole, like, there. The, they have a big event set up and this boat's getting, you know, pushed off into the sea and everything. And they're like, what's the yeah. occasion? Oh, Daniel day Lewis is getting ready for a movie. Yeah. Sorry. I was <laughs> late. Lost three crew members in a storm. <laughs> they're like, dude, it's He's sunny. Like, Did you really? And he, He's like, yeah, and he yeah. hasn't, he, he hasn't quite nailed what his character is yet. So like, he's kind of alternating between Bill the butcher and Popeye the sailor man. Either God, way. one I great. Either way, one eye squinted with a fucking pipe on the other side. Raise the bow flag. Yeah. Sonny boy, boy, Jim boy. Um, He'll be back. He's a water man. He will will definitely be back, right? 
Yeah. He can't stay away. So. But uh, I would definitely be interested in peeping him and Scorsese working together again. So last up here, Pedro Pascal exits horror movie from Barbarian director due to Fantastic Four rescheduling. What? Yeah, so uh, Pedro Pascal's reportedly dropped out of the new horror film Weapons from Barbarian director Zach Greger. And it's reportedly thanks to his currently unconfirmed role as Reed Richards in the new Fantastic Four movie. According to the N. Snyder, get it, Snyder? Mm-hmm. And Snyder, <laughs> the new superhero film was set to begin filming in April, but has since switched its production to Q3 of 2024, causing an overlap between the two projects, forcing Pascal to choose just one. With Pascal's stock soaring at the moment, the star has been in high demand with a seemingly endless amount of projects being thrown his way, causing him to let, pick- <laughs> He ain't letting go of that Disney money, though. Yeah, right. Uh, described as a multi- an interrelated story horror epic that tonally is in the vein of Magnolia, the 1999 actor crammed showcase from filmmaker Paul Thomas Anderson, Weapons deals with the disappearance of high school students in a rural town. The project was in a highly contested bidding war between Universal Netflix, New Line Cinema, and Sony TriStar, with New Line coming out on top in that deal. According to The Hollywood Reporter, included eight figures final cut privileges from Kreger, and the guarantee of a theatrical release. Pascal was announced back in May of 2023 to star in the new horror film, which was supposed to begin filming in the fall of 2023, but production was pushed back thanks to the SAG after strikes. First announced in 2019, the new Fantastic Four film, uh, director Matt Shackman is part of Phase 6 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and there has been no shortage of casting rumors since then. Everyone from Adam Driver to Krasinski have been talked about to play Reed Richards, with insiders predicting that Pedro Pascal is poised to take on the role. Though he is, uh, he has yet to be officially confirmed, the 48-year-old Pascal seems ripe for the part thanks to his exit from Weapons in conjunction with Fantastic Four changing its production schedule. I mean, if they did a bidding war, they might push the the dates back on weapons. I mean, I mean it, what if, but what if we've got it all wrong? What if Pascal's not Richards? What if he's doom? I could see that, but I mean, either way I'm, I'm here for it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, if they went into a bidding war like that and they really want to pull in, Pedro to be in that horror film, they might move the the film because think about it. Fantastic Four is going to film, and then it's going to have to go into post production. They're going to have to work on all the CGI and everything. It's still going to take. They can cut a horror movie, you know. Fairly yeah, I mean, quickly. yeah, I mean, it makes more sense for the quick get in and out job of doing that. But I just think Marvel is just willing to pay him way too fucking much for him to be like, eh. Oh, yeah. Fuck, fuck it, you guys. I'm going with this indie fucking horror film. Yeah. And it makes sense why I would choose that over, you know, over the um, the horror movie. But I don't know. You never, like, 
he since he's such a hot in high demand right now, they might make some weird stuff happen with it. You never know. But whoever they get to replace him, I'm sure is going to do a fantastic job if they go that route mm-hmm. with it. You know, so. But that's all I got for the for the movie news. I'm ready for them trailers. All right, hang on, I gotta add the last one. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 trailers. People want a trailer. A trailer just for you. Have you watched Echo yet, Trav? Do what? Have you watched Echo yet? Oh, Echo? No, not yet. <laughs> Uh, I haven't watched it yet either. I was just curious. Yeah, I don't. I, I've. I haven't really been in the market of re re uh, renewing my Disney Plus. I've watched a good bulk of what's on there now. It's so on Netflix. I get to yeah okay why well, yeah. I get to it when I can. Hell yeah! First trailer. Lights yep. out. Stand back. Guard your grill. I think this is already out, too. This was... It went straight to digital in the UK. I think. Yeah! Let it out. Oh, so is he doing any which way but loose? First rule of Fight Club. The music makes this lame as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't the same movie. I was thinking about. I was born for this. Oh. We're potlocked, right? (laughs) I'm feeling godly. We can't watch that one. That's a Amy Winehouse biopic. Ooh. They can't watch. Does that. she play? So she plays the heroine of the film. Yeah. <laughs> Adam the first. Yeah, everybody good. Is this a biopic? I don't know. Maybe. 
<laughs> Got a scully in it. Oh, or Mulder. Mm. Damn. They tell that to David the what? Mm. The tattoo. Whoa. Okay. What happened? Fucking song is killing me. Daddy, let's go. I tell him everything. Oh. Okay. What does the tone have? I like? don't know, man. It's like a Jesus movie, but he's a kid, but. Huh. Does he kill him? I don't know, man. They He was praying at one point and going to cult. Yeah. Daddy, let's go. Badland Hunters. Sounds like a really shitty game. <laughs> Definitely a high res game. <laughs> but it's a real well, monster wouldn't. hunters. Yeah. Right. right. Got to go in the Badland and hunt the, hunt the Badland. Uh, welcome monster. to the Badland. You got to make it on land. your own out here. Or it's fucking got, rage. I can't remember his name. There he is. Oh, yeah. oh train to Busan. What up, Nam San? Oh, okay. I can forgive a shitty name. What the mm, fuck? Reptilian Elite. This is this is Asian Last of Us, and I'm so here for it. it don't look bad. I mean, it looks about run of the mill for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that synth kind of hopped me a little bit, but yeah, yeah. I can feel it's getting hot. Um, yeah, I mean, lock and load. Stranger in the Woods. Strangers is this candy. Some, is this the Slenderman movie? Or like <laughs> jacking off in the woods with a numb hand. 
the woods. Taxidermy never bodes well in a film. <laughs> Wait. Mm -hmm. mm. Do you want to take some pictures? Yeah. Right. Uh, won a lot of awards. I'm being a thick Swedish honey out in the woods. He gonna get you. Who kind of looks like Dax Shepard? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely the bad guy, huh? I hope not. We got a trailer or an ad for True Detective. <laughs> Only on. I'm feeling godly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, it's done. This got the dude from uh, Stranger Things. Got with Joe the hair. Keary. Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what now? This is a story about Billy Joe and Bobby Sue. Are they gonna Bonnie and Clyde some shit? Yep. Shit got too real, you know? Yeah.
Is that Mia Goth? I don't think so. No. Nah. She's playing his ass, though. Mm-hmm. Hey, what now? Excuse me, what? I mean, it don't look bad. Nah. You got a I got bad. Capital One. Same. <clears throat> no overdraft is <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. You'll find some way to fucking get it. Snakes. All right. Oh, we got a John Wayne Gacy mm-hmm. movie. Okay. Crazy clown time. I've been seeing a lot of quiver distribution. Yeah. Just want to take some pictures. But he didn't do nothing in front of you. (laughs) Some exquisite acting here. Yeah. Man, this trailer is bad. Yeah. This is a bad trailer. I wish the same team... Because you remember at the end, don't you see Gacy? Yeah, they show Gacy in the... Mindhunter, right? Or was it Dahmer? Yeah, it was Dahmer. Yeah, it was yeah. Dahmer. Yeah. I'm, I wish the same they're, team that did that show would do it, Gacy. There's a, there's a story be. there. There is that, a there is an early 2000s movie that recounts the story of Gacy. Gacy. Yeah, and yeah. it is a really good. I mean, for for ultimately a B movie, I thought it was really good. Yeah. No, I think the Dahmer team... Because that was, it wasn't called Dahmer. It was called something Dahmer. The Dahmer like something, tapes. Yeah, it was something colon the Dahmer tapes. So I think that they were going to take other serial killers and give it the same yeah. Dahmer treatment, you know? Because that was a great show. <clears throat> Just the detail and everything, the acting. Like, yeah, yeah, exquisite. Yeah, Hunter was really good. 
Uh, we got Owen. Owen. Owen, you crazy. We got Obi Wan. Well, hello there. Clara, is that his daughter? It is his daughter. <laughs> wonder what he saw in this script that's uh, what he saw Throwing that up in my face, bitch. All right, he's doing one for him. Yeah. Oh. Where is she? Oh, it's it's his daughter. Yeah. For real? Okay. Uh, I bet she wanted to make this movie and pulled him in. Yeah. Oh. They should have pretty good chemistry then. Okay. That's where they got the name from. Yeah. Ab- oh, Abigail? Man. I don't have a... Nobody got a name. Giving Black Swan vibes. Is that Gus? It is Gus. Is that Elon? <laughs> he does look like Elon. <laughs> Elon with gains. They're going to fuck this up. Yep. She going home alone on him? Oh, shit. Is he sawing him? That guy's like a hoe now. 
Uh, this got stupid quick. And that's a shame because there's good actors in this. Looks like it's going to be a comedy. Oh, shit. <laughs> she gonna lick it oh it just went away wow <laughs> wow I got no trailer or no ad. We finally get a trailer for the series. Got Is this going to have McConaughey in it? I don't know. It'd be a lot cooler if it did, right? Yeah, for real, right? Is that Gus again? <laughs> I think it is. Who's your daddy? E Ridge. That's Gus. Funny man, that's double what a, Gus. Double Gus. Oh, Glenn Carlo putting in the work. <laughs> Not expecting that voice. Should we play or should we talk? Looks pretty good. more Guy Ritchie nonsense. The Jack Black? Oh. It just makes me want to watch The Gentleman. Oh, we finally get the trailer for Adam Sandler's Spaceman. Fuck yeah. Fuck I'm actually yeah. excited. This has got fucking uh, Dano. He's in it too. Oh. Wait till you see what he is. I I think I've seen it earlier. Yeah. Now but that I, checks I, out. I, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. All right, no ads? No. Why did you send him alone? Yeah. Yeah, that's Dano. Yeah. 
Wherever you go, I go. Ooh. It looks good, man. I fucking hate spiders, but I still want to watch it. Yeah. A Dano spider might not be that bad. You know what I'm saying? I'm really glad it's not an over-the-top comedy. Oh yeah, right. That that took me by surprise. I was I was expecting the spider show up and then in space shenanigans ensue. You know. Yeah, it's Paul which, in space. Which which that's gonna happen, but you know, on yeah. a more deeper level, I guess. Right. What have we here? Oh, we got three and a half minutes. Yeah. I don't know what we're getting into. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Turning the clothes. Wireless, wireless, wireless. Turn the caption yeah. on. Or by a business or a partner. Oh. Hollywood Johnny Cash. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big ass hook, dude. <laughs> the way they've mixed that with this yeah like, captions not working mm. he's about to break bad on somebody oh he's gonna break all the bad He's like, wait, let me go stare at the ocean for a little bit. That sunset. Bad. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. This guy doesn't reload guns. He just gets a new one. Mm -hmm. Hindi metal is pretty rad. Yeah. Pedal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh-uh. <laughs> 
Dude, he came out of his butthole. <laughs> he came out of his butthole. It did. Dude, that thing is heavy. Man, these motherfuckers know how to make movies, man. Yeah. A doctor wrote this and directed it. Wildlands. I mean, a fuck ton of it. Fucking right. That just made my night. I just, I want that, that Hindu metal to play, or that Hindi metal to play whenever I like roll up into a grocery store. Yeah. I'm going to get the bread and I throw it in in slow motion. You're walking like slow-mo I, like them when they're yeah. doing low rider. Yeah. That's more like it than the low rider. Uh, Leave the fucking world behind. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got to tack on. Uh, you know, we don't have to do it until next week, but uh, Napoleon, mm-hmm. the Marvels. Mm-hmm. Oh. Chicken and continues. Yeah, I leave am. the world behind. Hell yeah. Who detective, Trav? You going to check them out? Yep. Yep. You'll come in with the two. We'll come in with the... Um... The Twitter conspiracy theories over leave the world behind. Hey, there's a scene in the movie where a cargo ship crashes into the shore. That shit mm-hmm. happened a few days ago somewhere. Really? Yeah, a cargo ship just run up on the shore somewhere. Damn. And someone was like, no way. Like, come on. Like, this shit was just in that movie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't well, fucking I do know, know, man. Can't ever tell, bro. I mean, the checks on the mail. I mean, the flag's raised. <laughs>